0: This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, a business of intercessory prayer for businesses. Learn more at marketplacerock.com. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co founder and co host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead.
1: All right, today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we welcome back Kim Avery. Kim, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me back today, Tom.
1: Now, uh, you guys might remember Kim, one of my favorite episodes we've had on the podcast. It's episode 85, um, and the title was, God, Why Is This So Hard? And we had this just this amazing conversation, Kim, about how do we as believers deal with the challenges as we go through life and things come at us and if people want to listen to that if you haven't heard that one it's eternalleadership.com forward slash zero eight five. and it was awesome and just a little background you know uh, on Kim uh, she left uh, her career as a counselor uh, to become a professional life coach and that was quite a journey for you you also became what you title an accidental entrepreneur as you got into this whole world and coaching when you started Kim was really in its infancy. So that only must've been a couple years ago, uh, because (laughs) you're so young and, but it took you, you know, after years of trial and error, um, you know, you created your path to success. And, you know, since that time Kim's made it her goal to help other Christian coaches and entrepreneurs just shorten and streamline that business building process. And, I worked with Kim, and I couldn't give you a stronger and higher recommendation. You're a big part of what we've created here, and my success. and Thank you, my friend. You're you're a wonderful person.
2: Oh, thank you for saying that. It's been a joy.
1: It well, it's been just a joy getting to know you. And now you're you're a, you're a very successful business coach. Um, you're vice president of marketing at the Professional Christian Coaching Institute, where you and I are. Both on faculty, you're the co-host of an amazing podcast, the Professional Christian Coaching Today podcast. I really encourage everybody to plug in, listen to that, and then also you know leave a rating and review, subscribe both to their podcast and ours. We would all we always appreciate that. Um, you were also named one of the top 100 marketing coaches to follow in 2017. Um, Now, today, you reached out to me and said, hey, there's just something that you're working on that's really on your heart that you wanted to have a conversation about. And I just thought it was absolutely perfect timing. And I'd love for you to just share a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, thank you. And thank you for referencing our previous episode about why, God, is this so hard, which tends to be the entrepreneurial journey. I remember when I switched from being a counselor to becoming a coach, I uh, had been employed by the local hospital doing outpatient counseling, and every day I would just walk out into the waiting room, pick up a stack of files from the secretary's desk, go into the waiting room, and call the first name on the file. I had no idea how they found our counseling practice or how they'd gotten there. They just magically appeared. So my first day as a coach, I walked out of my home office and went into my living room, and no clients. (laughs) Opened the front door, looked right, looked left, still no clients. And I thought, oh my, this is going to be different. And as you mentioned, I accidentally had become an entrepreneur, not intentionally at all. And I remember that day I came back to my office and I sat down at my desk and I just cried. And I cried out to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do, where to go, where to turn, how to do this thing that I know you've called me to do. And so the journey, like all journeys, had lots of ups and downs, and I've learned a lot along the way. But one of the primary things I've learned is that it's important to have a business plan and a marketing plan and a financial plan, and all those things are good. But due to lots of mistakes on my part, I've realized I need a prayer plan. Mm. I had a strategy for everything in my life, but I had no prayer strategy for my business, John.
1: Now, prayer strategy. So I have never, you know, talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, even Christian entrepreneurs, I haven't actually heard of somebody talk about a prayer strategy. That is such a great point. Where where did that bubble up and say, okay, this is something, wow, that's been missing that I really need in what we're doing?
2: Yes. So the way I liken it is imagine a farmer waking up every single day, 365 days of the year, and saying, Lord, please bring in the harvest. Please bring in the harvest. I need the harvest. By golly, there's no harvest. And it's winter, and it's spring, and it's summer, and he doesn't see any crops growing. But he knows God called him to be a farmer. He might, like many entrepreneurs say, you know what? I was never cut out to be a farmer. Or I must have heard God wrong. He didn't want me to be a farmer because he's not bringing any harvest. But We know that that is the fruit of his labor. God doesn't just magically have things appear. For example, think about Noah. He called Noah to build an ark, and it took Noah 360,000 days to put the ark together.
1: That's 100 years.
2: (laughs) If he got up every single day and said, "But but it hasn't rained, but it hasn't rained, but it hasn't rained, I need to quit. So we need to back up and trust God, cooperate with God prayerfully every step of the way. I realized when I started doing that for myself and for my clients, God answers a million prayers of mine. So many every single day when I start cooperating with the way he intends to work in my life and in my business.
1: So you're really talking about having a a prayer saturated business. What what is it about that that you think is so important?
2: Well, here's the thing: God is really the owner of everything, right? It's not my business. It's your business. It's not your business, John or Steve. You're on the call here today. You see that your business is not your business. It's God's business. Uh, If you had an investing business, or if Warren Buffett gave you stewardship over his investing business, would you just go out on your own and call him once in a million years when you had a crisis? No, you'd call him every single day and say. What's the plan? What's your vision? What's your wisdom? How would you like me to respond? Here's the crisis. You would check in with him. And so we don't just want to pray once a day or once a week or once in a while for our business. We want to pray to God, the owner of the business. He's the provider of all resources for our business. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why would we not check in with him throughout the day, all day, saying, who do you want me to be in this situation? How do you want me to respond? How can I love this difficult person well? And when he changes us to become who he wants us to be more and more, surprisingly or not, we start to get the results that he's promised along the way.
1: What have you done, Kim, to bring, you know, kind of that consistent prayer throughout the day into what you do? I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people, we get up in the morning if we're disciplined and we do have that quiet time. That's what I did this morning for my first 10 or 15 minutes, right? And then, you know, as entrepreneurs, we get busy In our, we have all the things that we need to do in our marketing plan and follow up with somebody and create the next, you know, working on a project and we're busy and all of a sudden the next thing we know, oh my gosh, it's dinner time or I got to go pick up the kids and, right?
2: Oh, that's exactly right. And it's the way it happens in my life as well. And so, what I did is I just sat down with the Lord and spent a lot of time and said, Who do you want me to be in my business? Mm. Uh, What do you want my relationship, God, with you to look like? If you're the owner and I'm the steward, how should I be relating to you? How do you want me to treat others, my clients, my suppliers, people I work with, my colleagues? Now, I'm starting to move out because God works from the inside out, right? What do you want my relationship to be with my business? Well, he wants me to discipline. He wants me to be strategic. He wants me to be focused, those kinds of things. And then finally, and Lord, having done all that from the inside out, now I'll ask you, what impact do you want my business to have on the world? And so as I pray for those things, and I broke them down and I looked at scripture and scriptural promises. I mean, he makes radical promises to us in the Bible, right? He says that we can be joy-fueled all the time, grace-infused, spirit-filled, peace-permeated. Yet, I was not living those things as an entrepreneur. Yeah, Instead, I, w- I, would I say, want
1: all those, Kim.
2: The, the two qualities <laughs> when I talk to other entrepreneurs are what characterizes you, worry and hurry. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's such a good point.
2: That is the way we live. And so I specifically took them and I put a specific prayer point. i made little prayer cards, one on each prayer card and said, like, for example, for prayer empowered, that's how I want my business to be. Then I chose a promise so that I can remind my doubting heart that God is for me in this. For each prayer point, there's a promise. This one from Jeremiah 33, 3, where God says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. There's things I don't know. There's a 100 million things I don't know about my business, about the circumstances, about the competition, about the economy, about my health. It goes on and on. He says, call to me and I will do this. And then each prayer card has a prayer starter so that I can be reminded to pray for certain things. And as I broke it down, and took one a day for 31 days and then just repeat the next month. And repeat the next month, and then I carry that promise throughout the day, and I look for God's answers in that specific area, amazing things happen.
1: Wow. And, you know, to maybe expand on that, you know, a lot of my prayer daily is kind of, uh, you know, with some immediacy or, you know, tactical, right? I need to have this crucial conversation, or I need to get this done or, you know, the the, the things that are, you know, uh, kind of in the moment. And I know something you talk about is really how do we start thinking and praying more strategically? and You know, how, how do business owners maybe start thinking about that kind of prayer also?
2: Well, I do think, though, that it is those small moments that actually make up a lifetime Mm. and they make up our impact and our influence and our income. So just a quick example, a couple of weeks ago, my prayer card happened to be humble for the day. Lord, help me to be humble because we know successful business people, godly people are humble. God's promise to me is he opposes the proud but gives grace. I need grace. He gives grace to the humble. Well, it couldn't have been two hours into the day, and I got a phone call. There was a difficult exchange with someone. I had made an honest mistake, very small, apologized, made it right. Nonetheless, they were angry. They assassinated my character. They were going to go online and tell all these people how horrible I was. They imputed all these intentions to me that were never there. I mean, it was the world's most minor mistake to me. And everything in me wanted to defend myself, justify myself, push back. Because still, even right now in my mind, I'm thinking, this was such a small thing. And they wanted to ruin my business life over it online. And God brought to mind, be humble. Just can be humble. So in that moment, which is a small moment, but it could have huge ramifications, it was, okay, Lord. I'm going to take the low path because that's what Jesus does. I'm going to take the last seat at the banquet because that's what Jesus does. I'm going to apologize and I'm going to love them well. I'm going to be firm, but I'm going to love them well. And then the results are up to God. He said He'd take care of me if I was humble. So I don't have to worry about what she's going to do. And I think the whole interaction was different because that morning God said, Kim be humble. (laughs) He reminded me in the conversation and he was faithful to deliver me. And about a week or two later, I got an email of, you know, I may have overreacted, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I look back, and I don't think any of that would have happened if I hadn't tapped into the heart of God before that ever happened that morning in my awareness uh, to what he wanted for me that day
1: yeah you just think about that heart of god kim that you just modeled there right you know going to these conversations we have with other folks right in humility you know in pre-forgiveness you know really valuing the relationship you know i'm going to show up and i'm going to really i want to show up in love with somebody else in like your heart because you had this front of mind you are now modeling you know what we want to do right transform our mind to the mind of christ and if we can you know, think about that before we have these conversations, we are gonna show up in a way that's honoring our relationship with Christ versus maybe having an outcome and we feel good at the end of that conversation, but we what well, you know, I've in the past when I've had those conversations, even if you might win the battle, uh, in your own mind, right? It it does not help the relationship. And if we really make relationships important, and that's what Christ did so well, he it was amazing at you know, showing love, providing solutions for people and honoring people's unique value and building that relationship. Um, That was really powerful. And, you know, as you're talking about this, we're talking about, you know, developing the mind of Christ, you know, and as you've worked with, you know, yourself and, and, you know, other business owners, entrepreneurs that are, you know, really working in prayer, you know, what, what changes have maybe you've seen from the inside out that are really, you know, um, affecting, like you said before, their influence, their impact, you know, their business growth, their income, things like that.
2: Yeah, I'd like to share a couple examples, if, yeah. if I may. The first is an example of what you just asked for entrepreneurs that I work with. What happens is in the stress and the worry and the hurry of everyday life, people are not as effective as they could be. All the distractions pull at them, and, and the internal voices start doubting about whether this is really what God called them to do or whether they're capable and those types of things. And so abandoning outcomes to God, in other words, to make me faithful today, Lord. Today, help me to be bold. Today, help me to be disciplined. Today, help me to be resilient. This is all I'm asking of you, one day's worth. They can do that. My Mm -hmm. clients can show up to their work and say, this is hard. The numbers aren't good, but I can be resilient for one day. I know that I can. And they recite God's promise to them and dig in. The fruit and the harvest comes. I do get those emails that says, I got the business. I got the contract. I got the client. I knocked the speech out of the ballpark. All of those impact things we want to see come as a result of being who God's called us to be. But if I go up on a more global scale, so if I can take another example, which is yeah. certainly somebody I've never worked with, though it would certainly be a dream just to meet this person. I was thinking recently and doing some research on David Green of Hobby Lobby and his life. And what I was interested in was how could he come to this pivotal moment in 2014 where he's built a company worth of billions of dollars in revenue every year, over 30,000 employees, his family's business that he's poured more than 30 years into and all of it is at stake and it's in the hand of nine complete strangers right the supreme court of the united states i would be so in knots and anxiety and just a basket case in that kind of situation and i read this quote of his and it was profound because he said he was a complete and total peace during that time This is his quote word for word. None of it shook me. And this was not because I'm a rock of conviction or because I'm an unemotional person. This piece was the gift of God and the fruit of prayerful decisions my family and I had made. And when I look back at his life, back in the 1990s, he had a moment where God said, this is my business, not yours. Further back than that, during the mid-1990s, During the mid-80s, during the oil crisis, he had another moment where God said, this is my business, not yours. Take it to me. So for decades, he'd been practicing prayer and peace such that Mm -hmm. when he's in the fiery trial, what does he yield but the fruit of peace. And so just as when I look at football players, when they get out in the field and the conditions are muddy and rainy and snow, I love to watch football during those times, and the quarterback barely catches the ball and he slips and he twists and he's only on one foot and he makes his Hail Mary pass and somebody catches it and there's a touchdown and every high school student in the world dreams that they're the one throwing that pass, that was not happenstance, that was not God just showing up in that moment for him. He had practiced that play. He'd practiced in rainy conditions. He'd done hundreds and thousands of drills day in and day out. And each day he showed up and he practiced it. Excuse me. He practiced his craft to the point where in the heat of the moment, he can deliver. And when we practice prayer on a daily basis and I practice being humble in the small instances, then I can know that God's going to help me be humble in those big instances when it really matters.
0: Kim, there's a lot of listeners that are, I'm sure that are listening right now that are thinking, yeah, that sounds good, but practically, how do I pray? They, they're either unskilled at it, they're new at this, they're new believers, or they're, they, they've they just never been shown how to pray. How do you do it? And, and 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 how have you seen clients that you've coached over the years do it? Give some examples.
2: Well, I'm, I'm a big believer in bite-sized processes. We learn in small increments, and we stack our habits and our learning one on top of each other. And one of the reasons diving into the subject of prayer intimidated me is because I'd read those books of those people who would stay up all night and pray and, and fast and weep and wail, and amazing things would happen. And if I try to stay up past my bedtime at night, I'm snoring. I just <laughs> I'm a terrible intercessor, and that's not what we're talking about today. Intercessory prayer is important, but we're talking about, in a sense, practicing the presence of God on a daily basis for busy entrepreneurs. That's not our primary calling. He wants us to interact with Him all the time. And so, one of the things I've done is taken each of these prayer cards I've made and made them available free online. People can download them. So they have the bite-sized prayer point, the promise, for example, praying that I would be spirit-filled, God's promise, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's it. God is for me in this. And then on each one, I give a prayer starter so that we don't even have to sit there and think, okay, I don't even know how to pray that I would be spirit-filled today. It says, Lord, I admit that on my own, I am not enough for this life, for this business, which you've called me to but with you, all things are possible. Today, fill me to overflowing with your spirit so that I may dot, 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 then just fill in the blanks. Have a good podcast with John Ramstead, that I might be (laughs) careful when I talk to Steve Ryder and love him well, that I would be filled with your spirit so that people would see you in me today. That's it. And then I can go about my business.
0: Kim, is that hyperlink easy so that way people can get get to it quickly?
2: Yes, it's just kimaverycoaching.com forward slash prayer. Kimaverycoaching.com forward slash prayer. And so there's bite-sized videos that people can watch teaching on each of these points if they're interested, or they can just download the prayer cards and print them out.
1: That's awesome. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely do that. I was actually just thinking as you're talking that would be also something really neat to. Um, you know, just share with my wife, who's my business partner, and my kids each day as we go through each card and say, Hey, I know you're not running a company and in, in a business right now, but how would you fill this blank into something you're doing today as a, you know, a 19, a 18, a, a 14 year old? I think uh, I love that. You know, and as if you've seen some folks, you know, really start to embrace this, Kim. You know, especially some of the solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that are out there. What have you seen as almost kind of the the before and after, and may, and maybe how they're showing up with their conversations with you?
2: hmm It's a great question. I think the before and after is on two levels. The first level, and even though we probably don't like to embrace this, is the internal level because. All our doing flows from our being. And so God is very Mm. interested in our being and who we are. Um, And so internally, they're able to practice. None of us have arrived. Letting go every day of the hurry and the worry. And the way I picture this, and I encourage them to picture us, is after we pray, pretend you're holding a helium balloon. And you pray this prayer. Now just slowly with each hand, let go of the string. And let that balloon float up to God and abandon the outcome to him. You have prayed that prayer. He's got this. He's got this company. He's got the situation. He's got you. You can enjoy. Imagine that. Enjoy your day. Enjoy being an entrepreneur. Enjoy the adventure again because he's got our back. So internally, I see that as a community of coaches, we're coming much more faith-filled, much more peace-filled. Externally, am I seeing God bring different results because different people are showing up? Absolutely. Imagine if you were going to have a webinar trying to recruit people to your new program that you had, John. And the previous John showed up kind of anxious, hurried, financial stresses. I did all this work. Will anybody buy in? or the John that's filled with peace, partnering fully with God, eager to anticipate and see what God's gonna do. Are you gonna run that webinar differently? Yes. Are you gonna see different results? Yes, you actually are, because of who you are, as well as because of God miraculously working. So it does work from the inside out in each of us individually. And then it has ripple effects, like you said, to our families. I can practice this all day long. I can practice dying to self when I'm with my husband. I don't have to wait to on a business call. Yeah. I can practice being fueled with joy when I'm in the waiting line at the doctor's office for 2 hours. I don't have to wait for a business situation.
0: Yeah,
1: but can and you so- can you still have that same attitude when you're at the DMV? There's the rules. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be the real test. And praise the Lord, my driver's license <laughs> is due for renewal for another two years so I can practice before I get there.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking of that. You know, some of the, the things that have been challenging to me in my own walk with this kind of, you know, with praying is, you know, I just think of that visual of putting it into a balloon and letting it go. And sometimes as, a, you know, kind of a type A person who's used to being a doer, Right, just letting the results go has been you know sometimes it's it's a mindset i don 't know you know that's can be challenging sometimes to overcome to just really step into that pay that place of trust that I can trust God so completely i don 't need to have either clarity or ownership sometimes of what 's going to happen next if that makes sense, so like the webinar. If I so trust God and I'm going to show up as my best self with my best content to really serve people in an authentic way, right? And then not have any other worries around that. But, you know, that that has been something I continue to work on. Have you, have you found that with, with other folks? And how do you help people just get to that place where they can move to that relationship that's so trusting that it's, a, it's comfortable to be there?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate you saying that, and I'll just speak for myself because I struggle with that as well. I mean, this is a really, really big deal for me, and I'm so thankful that God has been working in me throughout this process because I like to be in control. I tell God, by nature, I am not a faith walker. I'm a sight walker. I want to see what he's going to do. I want to know the money's in the bank, that the clients are in the queue, that this is going to happen. Um, And of course, that's not God's agenda at all, you know, because he's always wanting to grow our faith. And so um, I think we have to take that same mentality with this that we do with our clients when they're trying to adopt any new behavior, and that is one of training, not trying. When I say to myself, for example, if somebody were going to say, okay, I'm going to try this prayer experiment for 31 days. I ask people to give it five minutes a day and then just take one prayer card throughout the day, jot down what you see God doing, make note because he's answering a lot of your prayers. All right. So pay attention to them. They said, I'm going to try to do that on day four when they forgot or day five when things didn't go well. They would mentally say to themselves, I tried and it didn't work. But we know that we know that we know that our God answers prayer. We know he holds the future and we know he holds us. And so we're not trying. We're training. Now, how is it different if I try to run a marathon or if Mm. I train to run a marathon? Completely different. When I'm training if I I
1: went to try to run a marathon right now, it would I'd be in the hospital.
2: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Or I'd actually
1: I just quit and walk home with my head, you know, looking around going, Oh, I hope nobody saw me after about one kilometer.
2: And you'd say, see, I wasn't built to run a marathon. I don't have what it takes. It's mm-hmm. not in me. It won't work. And you'll never reap those benefits. But if God were calling you to do it and you trained, well, you would run a quarter of a mile today and half a mile next week. And 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 when you had bad days or days you forgot and it didn't go well, you wouldn't beat yourself up to the point where you quit, but you'd realize, oh, it's training. I get up and I do it again. Tomorrow, and I train in this discipline. As I've taken this training mentality into these bite sized prayers, God has changed me. And I think, and this is always the litmus test, I think I could bring my spouse in here right now if he were in the house. (laughs) And he would testify that I am a different person because of this. And that's an ultimate win.
1: You know, to really, you know, to really, uh, to take the the daily prayer the constant prayer and uh this is such a great conversation it seems to me that but you know sharing with some other people that are in you know kind of your inner circle your your family that this is something that you're going to be doing also could be really helpful right like you know if i'm just trying like i've uh been working really hard the last six months to get in shape and lose weight and i've been down 45 pounds and and i still have you know a a little ways to go. But there's been so many people that have been part of that, that I share, that I update, that ask me about it, that I've given permission to hold me accountable. And I think this is kind of the the same area of our our life, isn't it, Kim?
2: Yes, God created us to live in community. It always surprised me that he created Adam and then said, it is not good that he's Mm. alone. And I thought, he had God himself And it wasn't good that he was alone. We were created to need one another, even before sin. How much more after the fall, where we all have blind spots and things, we can't see how God's working when it's obvious to someone else. I got on the phone with my coach the other day, and I said, well, I'm still praying about whether to do this and this. She said, excuse me, you didn't see this sign and that sign and that sign and that sign, all his answers from God about that. And I'm thinking, Oh, when you put it that way, (laughs) you could have a point there. And that's exactly what you're saying. The more we're in a supportive faith community and we're calling one another in this training to practice in prayer and to realize all the promises that God has for us every single day, no matter what that day holds. Oh, I can't even imagine how wonderful it will be when we all do that
1: oh man love that so kim dot com that's a v e r y so kim dot com there's some amazing resources on there but forward slash prayer and you guys mm-hmm. everybody can go and just download um all the prayer cards that Kim's talking about and, you know and as Kim as we wrap up, what are just some few final thoughts that you have for everybody listening to this
2: well all right, so bear with me for a minute if I can just tell one more story Absolutely. because this is a,
1: we love stories.
2: This is okay, this is a fun story and it's not my own story, but it truly inspires me and it about Bob Goff and I don't know if you've mm. read his book Love Does, but he was talking to his friend Doug Coe one day and he challenged him about the Jesus said if I ask anything in prayer, I will get that. Is that really true? And Doug said, "Well, I mean, you can't take it to extremes. You have to take it in the context of Scripture." Yes, God answers prayer. And he said, "I'll make you a deal. If you pick one thing and pray for it for forty-five days, and God doesn't answer, I'll give you five hundred dollars. But if you forget for one day, or if God does answer, you give me forty or five hundred dollars." So Bob, game on. So he says, "What are you going to pray for?" I'm going to pray for Africa. Well. Africa's a little broad. Uh, do you want <laughs> narrow
0: to
2: narrow it down a little? He said, yeah, I can do that. I'll pray for Uganda. Okay, do you know anything about Uganda? No, but I'm going to pray for Uganda for 45 days. Okay, so game on. So first 31 days, nothing happens. Bob faithfully prays. 32nd day, he's at a banquet, and lo and behold, he's bored to tears. Someone else at the table started talking, and it's a lady who runs an orphanage in Uganda so he asks her all about it he's interested in Uganda and he's peppering with question after question finally she says you must know someone in Uganda you must this or that no no I've just been praying for Uganda and I want to find out well he was so interested she said would you like to come visit us in Uganda sure I would love to do that so he gets on a plane visits the orphanage in Uganda well like all of us would be he was struck by the poverty and the suffering Mm -hmm. over there. And so he came back and he started thinking about it. He said, you know, these pharmaceutical companies, they throw away millions of dollars of medical supplies every year. What if they funneled them to Uganda? And so he wrote some companies and they started doing that. As a matter of fact, the orphanage got so many, they wanted to hold a party in Bob's honor. So they called Bob up and said, would you come to a party in your honor here in Uganda? Sure, I'd love to come back. He gets on a plane, goes there who happens to be at the party but the president of Uganda because this was a big deal for them so the president says hey I'll drive you around and give you a quick tour of the city so he's giving him a tour and he sees what looks like a stockade He says is that a cattle stockade oh no no that's full of people who are those people those are my political enemies well you can't just put them in a stockade says Bob that's just not right You need to let them go. And the president just kind of ignores them. And the drive goes on. Seven months later, Bob gets a call from the State Department. Is this Bob? Yes, this is Bob. Have you been working on humanitarian rights in Uganda? Well, no, not really. Well, they just called. And the president's going to release his political prisoners. And he said, in part, it's because of you, Bob. And the story goes on. Bob Goff is now honorary consul to Uganda in Washington. And let's track back just a minute. How did it all start? I'm going to pray every day for what God has laid on my heart. And God is going to show up. And I would challenge you and challenge those listening to just test God in the best way, not in the worst way. And see if he isn't faithful to his promises. If we can't pray that we'll be generous, humble, spirit-filled, full of joy, if God won't show up and make good on all his promises to us.
0: John and Kim, I'm reminded of the scripture, 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. Kim, when you were talking about training, rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training has is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come.
1: Amen. That's awesome. And, you know, the other thing that struck me, too, is um, so if I was praying for, if God put that on my heart to pray for Uganda, and it's now been a month, and I'm at a luncheon and I meet this amazing woman, and there's a couple options there, aren't there? He, you know, she said, hey, why don't you come to, you've been praying for Uganda, why don't you come he made the choice to actually go and do that, which led to God now working through him, right? A lot of the times I could see myself saying, man, that's awesome. What can I do to help you? Can I write you a check? Can I, anybody in my network I can introduce you to? And I think also part of that, what I'm hearing, uh, what Bob does in his book, Love Does is, oh my gosh, that's one of the most motivational books on what can happen if you, uh, John Maxwell always you know, talk, but he was my pastor before he got big in the leadership world back when I was in San Diego. Uh, but he always used to talk about do something and something happens. And I love that. And I think, you know, looking at opportunities as we're praying into things uh, that God has put on our heart, when he opens a door, having the discernment to walk through the door and not saying and not going back into this mode of what if or control or fear or anxiety, because I could easily see that happening. And I know I've done that in my my own life. And that's something I also pulled out of that story, Kim.
2: Mm, Which goes back to that point where God has got to grow us internally Mm -hmm. to match what he wants us to do externally. So let's pray strategically in cooperation with the way God loves to work.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for your time. This has been awesome. And I would love for everybody as you're listening to this, you know, send me an email. Let me know how it's going with your prayer strategy. Go to the show notes for this. Uh, Just go to the eternalleadership.com website. I would love for you to just post in the comments what you're noticing as you start to pray every day. Let Kim know. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, well, we'll forward any correspondence that you send us over to Kim Uh, You know, this is part of a movement. This is, you know, people, you you know, one of the things that's been on my heart since my accident, uh, this notion that God keeps putting in my heart is about how do we disciple nations? And you know how we do that? An an individual with God has the power to change a a family, an organization, a community, um, a city, um, a state, and a country. I really believe that. And I really think it starts with exactly what you're talking about, Kim, being in prayer, because what that does, that builds our relationship, right? Christ says he wants to call his friend. For me, that was, you know, I never really connected with that scripture until after my accident, having been in his presence. Somebody asked me the other day, you know, what was, when I was laying there and my body was broken and I had no idea what was going to happen, and looking back on it, you know, what, how would you describe your first feeling of how you would describe God because I was in God's presence. And that's the word that came to my mind, Kim, was friend. Not healer, not comforter, but you know, somebody who's there and wants to live life with us, who wants to lead us, who wants to equip us, to teach us, to train us, to make us ready for what is next. and open up, um, you know, that life that's fully alive, right? He came to give us life so that we may live it to the full, right? Because the enemy comes to, you know, destroy and kill, but he wants us to have that full life and I absolutely believe that moving toward that full life that so many of us want, when we surveyed our audience, Kim, that was one of the things that came back the most when we said, you know, what would you like out of life? And that that was probably one of the top things was I want to live life fully alive and I think this is one of the most practical things that we, can, that we can do in this world to start, you know, to move toward that
0: and actually move toward that rapidly. Amen. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. As I said at the top, this edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock. Is there something that feels like it's blocking your business? The team at Marketplace Rock partners with you and unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer. Just earlier this year, Vicki told me while she was praying, she heard from me, to water the seeds. I knew exactly what it meant and got some business out of it. Another time she was praying and accurately described one of our dogs who turned out needed medical attention. John and I can't recommend the team at Marketplace Rock highly enough. In fact, our phone calls with them are the highlight of our week. Visit them online, marketplacerock.com, or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us, episodes 4 and 66. Marketplacerock.com. For John Rempstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.